Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Hari, and we are going to be uh, finishing up on DraftKings. <clears throat> so in our uh, first part, I'd encourage you to listen to that if you haven't uh, already done so, because that'll kind of set the stage for what we're going to do uh, in part uh, two of the uh, of this um, episode. So in the first episode, we really kind of focused on, you know, what does DraftKings do? You know, they're a daily fantasy sports site. And, you know, we we struggled to kind of identify a moat uh, for their business. I think it was largely around their their brand. And, you know, we, we had a hard time really justifying, you know, a, a, a strong business here that had a, a long runway for growth. It was very uh, unpredictable. And as value investors, we're not necessarily have to understand every business. Um, you know, and I, I would say that even though I'm, you know, a sports fan and understand a lot about how, you know, fantasy sports works and things like that, I don't really understand this as a business. I don't know that I am, you know, hundred percent confident in, you know, my ability to really predict the future with a business like this. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm so, you know, that, you know, I, I should feel bad about that, right? Some companies are just in the too difficult to understand business. So you you kind of just have to uh, move on uh, with how you think about it. Um, so, you know, with with that being said, um, I, I, my, my focus here is just to really kind of understand the financials. And maybe in the future, as I start to get a better understanding of how this works, you know, I, I may come back to this a company like this and say, "Oh, yeah, now that these issues that I've you know identified or have have kind of played themselves out better, the laws around uh, sportsbook have kind of been uh, adjudicated in courts and things like that." It makes a lot more sense to me to understand what's going on. Um, with that said, uh, let's dive into the financials and see if there is you know a good you know anything that we can take away from this. Uh, even though we're not necessarily going to invest, you know, today, you know, so when we look at uh, their revenue and user growth over the last, you know, several years, um, to give you an understanding of what they currently have in terms of um, monthly unique players, uh, from 2018, it was 600,000, and in 2019, 684, and in 2020, that was 683, or I'm sorry, 883. Um, so we saw about a 25 to 30 percent growth over a three-year period, um, and a lot of that is based on changing, uh, you know, interest from players, uh, the opening up of the sports book, uh, and so on. Um, and we saw in 2019 revenue was 320 million, uh, up to 614 in 2020. Um, but it's we saw a huge increase in the cost of revenue. Um, and that was related to uh, some tech expenses, sales and marketing uh, spend and, and uh, increased in uh, headcount. So their sales and marketing expense went up from 185 to 495 and product expenses grew by 201% from 50 to 168 million. Uh, and general and administrative expenses tripled from 124 uh, to 447 million which all led to an operating loss of 843 million uh, down from a loss of 146 million in 2019. Um, so 
when we kind of look at that, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, concern here. You know, I, I don't typically invest in pre-profit businesses. Um, and I struggle with businesses like this because you have to value them on metrics that are not related to financials. And, uh, I don't believe that that's an accurate valuation uh, methodology for a publicly traded company. It may have its place in the private business sector when you have a growing business that's you know very early on. But um, you know when you're a mature business, it's a little bit harder for me to to really get behind it. Um, so with that being said, how much cash do they have on hand? Uh, about a 1.8 billion dollars, which should uh, give them a lot of runway for the next two to three years. Um, you know if they're spending cash. They don't have any debt, so you know we're not ex not necessarily concerned about this company blowing up uh, from a debt standpoint. Um, but because they have an operating loss, there's no free cash flow that they're generating. You know, we basically cross off the uh, the valuation um, ability to value this business. Um, so what I what I want to focus on then is, you know, when you look at a business like this that is you know, has a big operating loss of 840 million. Um, we still want to look at the cash flows and and really get to you know what is the actual cash outlay that they're spending on operations. And um, you know, their operating loss of 843 million actually includes stock-based compensation expenses. So, uh, as you can you you probably are well aware, stock-based compensation expenses are issuance of options to uh, employees, but they're diluting the business. Um, so they're taking on the income statement, but they don't have any cash outlay uh, for the company. So that was 325 million uh, that they had uh, in terms of expense. And then they had some warrants that uh, were disposed of that for 387 million. So their actual cash flow from operations was negative 337 million. So not as bad um, as we, you know, the the operating loss would uh, have you believe. Um, and so, you know, we we look at this business and say, okay, this is um, this is a business that needs to kind of clean up their their act, um, and we need to see some, you know, improvement. I think in in my mind on the cash flow side before I would feel comfortable really even digging further at this point, right? Um, you know, normally we would talk about management, we would talk about valuation, um, but it's really hard to, you know, have a discussion about those things when, from a financial standpoint, you've kind of uh, hit a hit a wall, right? So when we look at our checklist, it's the, and we start with the business, the financials, then the management, then the valuation. And from a business standpoint, I think we've, you know, every company you will, as you walk through that, you may walk into a situation where you say, I don't understand this business and you exit, right? And so the checklist is really designed to also minimize your amount of headache that you do when you're analyzing a business. If you get to a point where you say, I don't like what I'm seeing, or I don't understand what I'm seeing, you can always leave. Now we're, you know, I would have le left, you know, somewhere in the business section, um, because I, I, I look at this company and I say, I don't have any special insight here. I'm not sure that I have a really strong ability to, to measure what's going on in the future. Um, and 
and but maybe you do and maybe you get to this the point where you get through the business side and you're looking at the financials and you're like man i really don't understand you know a business that's losing money how do i value this you know their user growth is you know gone up by 25 30% um and and interestingly their average revenue per month per unique player has gone from $31 to $51 so they've they've grown the revenue per user by 60% but how many users can this uh, business actually support? Um, you know, how many sports fans are actually going to also, you know, bet or use, um, uh, you know, the daily fantasy aspects of this business? And how many of their users are going to switch from their current, you know, method of, you know, using the sports book? Um, you know, whether that's, you know, the barbershop down the street uh, under the table, or is it, uh, you know, going to, to Las Vegas and betting at casinos. I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I, I don't know what advantage they, they get by placing it online. Um, does, I know several people who are, you know, big fantasy or big sports fans. Um, you know, they have different methods of, you know, for betting on, uh, on the side or on their, in their sports book. So I don't know, really know how DraftKings is really going to attract people over to theirs you know, I, I, simplicity may be part of that, you know, but, but again, there's competition that can also do these things. Um, so, you know, what, what competitive advantage do they really have? So really what I want to see is, you know, from a financial standpoint, are they really making money? And if they are, then, you know, I will, you know, I, I will be interested in looking at them, um, you know, in the future, but, Today I don't really see anything there, so it's it's hard for me to to justify it. Um, and when I get into, you know, a, the business market cap, you know, this is a twenty billion dollar company uh, by market cap that's losing, you know, ne that has negative three hundred and thirty million dollars in free cash flow. Very hard for me to really justify any sort of valuation here, um, you know, that that would really warrant, you know, further look. Um, now, maybe if there's a huge correction and this thing drops in value, or I'm sorry, drops in price, I, I would look at it and, you know, again, but I'm really struggling, um, you know, to do that. Um, you know, and, and one of the other things that really, you know, crops up is that DraftKings is about to make a $20 billion acquisition offer for uh, Entain, which is, um, you know, is, is another uh, gambling business. And, you know, you have a $20 billion market cap. How, how are you going to justify that's not really making money? So acquiring more businesses that I, I feel is, is in, not in the best interest of the DraftKings shareholders, um, especially at a valuation that is so high, uh, how do you really justify spending money on this kind of stuff? And so, you know, I, I know we're not really going to get into the management side of this because I've, I've kind of you know, frankly, lost interest in a business like this. But uh, you do have to kind of wonder what are they thinking when they're trying to make an offer like this? $20 billion, it's equivalent to your current market cap and you're not really profitable. So how are you going to finance this? How is it going to be uh, you know, worth worth my time as, you know, as an investor to really get into it? And, you know, you're trying to, you know, to corner the market here, I, I, I guess, as part of this investment. 
but I, I don't really see how that's really going to, you know, in a commodity world, you're just, you're not getting pricing benefits by that. It's really just name recognition, which you kind of already have. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this, you know, from a valuation standpoint, from a financial standpoint, what do I do with a business like this? So, <clears throat> you know, the, the other thing that we didn't really cover in the last episode that I, I do think is, is important is does the regulatory world, you know, change if, you know, things get out of hand or if, um, you know, if there are uh, businesses like these have, you know, data protection, privacy laws, if there are breaches and things like that, you know, could this, you know, impact a business that's already struggling with, um, you know, on, on, on shaky footing. So <clears throat> to me, a lot of this is, is very difficult to understand, right? There's a, there's a unknown regulatory, uh, landscape out there that may, uh, impact their business or put onerous restrictions on their business, even though it's, it would be considered illegal or, or legal in that state. Um, if there are any privacy breaches or anything like that of sensitive information, what is the cost to them? Uh, you know, as, as they, they are effectively a financial institution because they are hosting your, your cash. Um, so those kind of things also add weight or have to be accounted for in any financial decision making. But again, I don't have necessarily the the best insight into how this to could be valued. So it, it would be a struggle for me to really spend a lot of time valuing it. Um, okay. So, you know, uh, as we talked about in the last, uh, you know, episode where we're starting up the, the uh, podcast again, trying to get uh, back on track with our investing and if you are interested in learning about a company or having us talk about it on the podcast, please email email us at info at valueinvestor.org. Uh, you can also uh, like, comment, and subscribe on this video uh, on YouTube. That'll help us with the algorithm, get us get our name out there um, so that we'll continue to, you know, make content. And uh, you know, also if you if you have any questions, you know, please reach out to us, info at valueinvestor.org, or if you have any suggestions for what other content outside of just companies you want us to talk about, um, you know, we'd be happy to do that. The, uh, the, we're always looking for ideas and, uh, love to hear from you guys. It's, uh, you know, we, one of the, the best things about doing this, you know, we don't make any money off of it, uh, is, you know, when people, you know, email us and tell us, Hey, you know, I listened to your podcast. It really helped me understand these concepts. And now I've made my first investment, uh, or I made, you know, I sold my first stock, you know, at a profit. Um, and I really understood, you know, what I was doing. It wasn't just gambling. It was, it was really, I wasn't speculating. I was actually investing. Um, you know, so we love to hear those stories. We love to hear from you. Uh, so please, you know, send us a, a, uh, uh, email info at valueinvestor.org or comment on the, uh, on the, the, the YouTube video. All right. Well, that's all we have for DraftKings. Um, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks. Mm -hmm.